Welcome to the DW Goalkeeping Academy podcast. Here we'll be discussing all things goalkeeping from special guest Q&As, tips and advice, training techniques, fixtures, coaching and much, much more. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to follow us on Spotify. John, are you on? I am, buddy. Marvellous. Are you right if we make a start? Of course. Of course. Whenever you're ready. So I'm just going to do a little introduction for the guys and girls that are listening. Yeah. Um, So welcome, um, everyone, to the first episode of the DW Goalkeeping Academy podcast. My name is Dan Wormington, and I am the head coach and owner of the Academy. We are joined by John Whittam, who is Abley's first team goalkeeping coach, and he has kindly agreed to join us today as our host. So welcome, John. Hi, everyone. Thank you, Dan. You okay? <laughs> yeah, not too bad. On the, um, other, on the other side of the microphone facing the questions. Yes. So Good. for those okay. that are not aware, um, the DW Goalkeeping Academy staff um, decided that it was um, quite a good idea to do Instagram live Q&A sessions um, with not only the DW coaches, but other coaches around the pro game. Um, and the feedback was quite well received, wasn't it, John? Yeah, yeah, very much so, very much so. Um, so, because we're now in our third lockdown, because we're going through a global pandemic at the moment, Um Myself and the staff decided that another way to add value would be to do our very own podcast. So, John, I understand you've got some questions yeah. for me. Oh, <laughs> yes, we have indeed. Okay, so um, so just like to say hello, everyone. Um, welcome to the uh, first of the DW podcast, and I have the pleasure of interviewing Dan, the owner and head coach. Welcome, Dan. Thank you. <laughs> Very professional, <laughs> me, wasn't it? It was. I'm a little bit, a little bit. Appre- I was practicing that all night. A little bit apprehensive. <laughs> all right, we'll make a start then, buddy. So, um, so what made you um, playing goal, Dan? Taking you back a few years now. Got a few. <laughs> so initially, uh, probably like most people, it wasn't uh, planned. It wasn't my go-to position, if you like. Um, but it started off at a local side uh, called Romford Youth. Yeah. Um, and I must have been around between six or eight. I can't remember, but around that age. Um, and as you can imagine, the score lines at that age are quite hefty. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> to, I remember to put it <laughs> to, <laughs> to put it politely. Um, and yeah, we were playing. We were playing in this game, um, and it was over at Wickham School in Hornchurch. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, not even sure if it's called Wickham anymore, but um, yeah. And uh, we were getting we were getting tonks <laughs> about <laughs> ten, ten or eleven nil. <laughs> oh dear! Oh dear! Um, and this was this was before half time, which is uh, oh, okay. Yeah, quite bad. So we all went sort of trudging in at half time, and um, the manager's son at the at, at the time was the goalkeeper. Okay. 
and he you could tell he was you know he was he was obviously upset and and disappointed but he sort of threw his his gloves on the floor yeah. and sort of uh said you know I'm not I'm not doing this anymore mm. and, and obviously started crying and went oh. off to see his mum so yeah um yeah the manager sort of looked around at all of us sort of um youngsters and just sort of said who you know who fancies going in goal uh in the second half and obviously I for some unknown reason put my hand up <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, vol- volunteered yeah um and I don't know the game. The game obviously didn't finish eleven nil. We obviously conceded a few more after that, but um, I sort of did some things naturally. And I think the manager sort of said to me, "Oh, do you th- do you fancy sort of sticking with it?" Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, "Do you know what? Do you know what? I think I said yes just to sort of please the coach and please the manager." Yeah. Okay. And um, yeah, and I just sort of stayed there. Um, <sighs> Well, yes, that's where it started. That's that's where I stayed, yeah. and um, and then I remember playing in a game a few years later. So that was Romford yeah. Youth B team at the time. Yeah, and um, we were playing in a few, in a game a few years later, yeah. and, and the A team, the A team manager was a referee in our game. Yeah. And uh, I think I said this to you before. I'd I'd had sort of no. Goal, actual, actual goalkeeping specific training or coaching at the time uh-huh. and um, we were playing against this team and this this player had a shot from outside the, the edge of the box and there was players in front of me and I didn't really um, get have good visibility on it yeah. and he, he hit it and it was going towards like the top left corner right okay and I managed to sort of just throw myself instinctively and tip it over the bar okay and it, it went out for a corner and, and the manager at the time, he went, what, what a save that is. <laughs> he said, um, he said that, that was like something Gordon Banks would do. Was it, was it a top hand or a bottom hand save though? I think <laughs> it was top. I think it was top oh, hand. You can't beat a top hand save. You can't. Oh. And bearing in mind, I'd, I'd had no coaching. So it was just, it was just sort of natural. Yeah. yeah. And, um, he sort of came running over to him. Bearing in mind, he's meant to be impartial. He's the referee. <laughs> <laughs> he, come, <laughs> he come running over to me and went, what a save that is he said uh, that's something like Gordon Banks would yeah. do and I remember thinking who's Gordon Banks <laughs> well you are yeah you were a bit young at the time I suppose yeah I was a, I was a youngster little did I know he's probably one of the best oh. uh, if not if not the best English yeah. goalkeeper that the country's produced definitely um, and then yeah sort of fast forward a little bit he his son was also the goalkeeper of the A team. Right. And he, he sort of went to me, look, my son doesn't want to play in goal anymore. He wants to play out on pitch. He said, do you fancy coming over and doing a few training sessions? Yeah. And I said, I said, yeah, uh, you know, I'll give it a go. Yeah. And he, he was, luckily for me, he was a qualified goalkeeping coach oh, as well as an outfield okay. coach. That's and he and he started like you know obviously teaching me the technique and putting me through goalkeeping specific um, training yeah, sessions. Yeah. And that's when my sort of technique started to <coughs> excuse me started to come yeah. up. And at the time, uh, Simon Smith was doing. Um, yeah, Simon Smith. Yeah, he was doing some goalkeeping. Yep. Yep. 
and um, during the summer, and he um, he did uh, the the closest venue to me was at Chigwell Police yeah, Ground. Yeah, yeah, I know. And uh, my manager paid for me to go on those those camps, so I did them for a few years. Yeah. And honestly, John, you know what what Simon Smith's like. You know, he's been yeah. ar- around the England setup. He's obviously Newcastle's first team yeah. goalkeeping coach at the moment. Yeah. Um, and they, they were just they were just invaluable, mm. really. Uh, the stuff that I learned on those, um, and just being involved with other goalkeepers from different clubs, because um, it, it weren't just open for my age group. It was open from you know all the way up to sort of under 18s plus. Um, and yeah, that's that's that sort of um, how it how it started. Yeah. Um, and then sort of fast forward a few years, I went um, started playing uh, adult football. Uh, for Euro Dagnum Reserves on a Saturday. Yeah. Um, which was an eye-opener because I was only sort of 17 at the time. Yeah. Uh, I don't think you truly appreciate football until you start playing men's uh, football. You know, it's a whole different animal, isn't it? Yeah, they're, they're a lot more experienced than you. They're a lot more yeah. physical than you. Um, and yeah, it was an eye-opener. But I still played under-21s football on a Sunday and I found that easier. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, it's just sort of drifted into sort of Essex combination football, started playing football with my mates on a Sunday. And, um, yeah, eventually injuries took their toll and I started getting into coaching. Okay. So, um, did you find that when you started to have uh, more goalkeeping-specific training or coaching from the likes of Smithy and um, your coach at Romford Youth, um, yeah. Do you think without that you would still have stuck it in goal, or do you think you probably would maybe lost interest and gone back to outfield playing? What do you think? Um, do you know what I used to love, and you're probably the same. I used to love making saves and diving yeah. around, and I used to I used to love that you know that feeling that people get when they score a yeah. goal. I used to get the opposite. So I used to get when people or, or players or, or parents on the sideline used to think that a goal was going in and you know that you'd hear that yeah. <gasps> that that sort yeah. of sound and then you'd and then you'd make a save and then it'd be oh. that for me that that was like the, the thing for me that kept that, that wanted me to, to keep yeah. doing it. But, that that sort of um, euphoria oh. of making a save, um, I don't think you can. Do you know that. what? You, you've um, I've got all the airs standing up on the back of my neck for that because I know exactly. <laughs> I know exactly how you, how you're feeling and and what you're saying there, because there is nothing better than pulling off a you know a fantastic save, whatever it may be, um, and you're disappointing the opposition, but also yeah. the the, the yeah. um, you know the adulation and the and the you know, and the when you saved it for your team, you know, it's it, it's it's yeah. there's nothing better than that, I don't think. Yeah. And I think I think that if I was to put that down to a reason, um, I think that was the reason that I kept that I wanted to keep doing it. I mean, like like with any young goalkeeper, you know, when you when you're finding your feet and, and you're learning the position and the way that you, you're gonna play the position, you know, you get other kids that are a little bit, you know, they don't understand that the demands on you is different, that your position mm-hmm. is different. So, you know, kids can be quite um, unappreciative that your your role in the team mm-hmm. is different. 
And kids, you know what kids are like. They're quite vocal. And I'm sure you and, and, and other goalkeepers listening or parents listening will appreciate this, that the goalkeeper is always blamed. Yeah. And you have to have a strong mindset and a strong sort of thick skin to yeah, take definitely. that. So there, there was there was plenty of times where, you know, I'd have kids say say, say stuff to me, like, oh, why didn't you save that? Why mm. didn't you do this? And and as a young kid, you because you're not overly confident in your own ability or yourself, I think a lot of people were put off yeah, by I, that. Yeah, I'd agree with that because when you're young, you haven't got all the answers. You know, you, and especially, I mean, when I was growing up uh, learning goalkeeping, if you can call it learning, because there was nothing... There was the goalkeeping coach. I don't think was invented then for like you know Saturday or Sunday league football when I was younger. So it yes. was just getting the goal and have ball smashed at you. But um, yeah, and, yeah. and you just it's learning, it's game time, and you learn through experience of playing. And then obviously, like you was fortunate enough to have your coaching, and um, you yes. know it's things start falling into place. And 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 I and I believe that you know when you have that coach, if if a, a child help girl boy. Young man, young lady gets that coaching. The progress at the beginning is very steep, but then it will plateau. Then it will plateau yes. off, and then that—that that for me is where the real graph comes in. You know, and that—that that yeah. yeah, you know. And, and do you know what it is as well? You—you you made a good point there. Is it's just having that person that understands that position or that has played yeah. that position, and someone that you can just talk to yeah. about it, because um, because they get it. They get it. It's different. It's a different part of the the team, it's a different part of the game. They've been there, they've done it. It just just someone just to do just to talk to about it is I yeah, think is key. For sure. For sure. Okay, so um you're now obviously head coach and owner of DW Goalkeeping Academy. So what made you decide to yes. become a coach? Um, you know, and and you know, go off on that sort of direction if you like. Yeah. That route. Yeah. Um, I understood through sort of the latter stages of my playing career that I had uh, leadership um, qualities, if you like. So I was captain for for a few of my youth teams and and, and teenage teams. So and I understood understood that people would listen to what I'd say in in training and games. Um, and the more I started to watch football, the more I got interested in that side of things, you know, what happens behind the scenes and, and what makes a player a player. Um, and yes, yeah, so I've always sort of had that, that interest in that side. Um, so like anyone does, I sort of got um, researching, you know, what I needed, what the, what qualifications were out there and what the, what the coaching yeah. structure was. Um, so I actually started, uh, I knew, I knew my playing time was not going to be forever. So I started looking into, um, you know, your, your safeguarding, your, your, your first aid, your, your DPS, all the initial sort of stuff. Um, and then, yeah, just, um, booked onto my level one goalkeeping course, um, which was at. Uh, yeah, Collier Road. Yeah, another one. And yeah, for, yeah, Forest yeah. Row Centre. And um, yeah, and then just started really doing um, some local grassroots uh, goalkeeping sessions, mainly for Ronio Colts. So Romford Youth um, eventually uh, turned into to yeah. Ronio Colts later yeah. on down the line. Um, and I was just taking their goalkeepers really on a on a Wednesday night. Um, was over there for three hours at, at Robert Clack, but it was on the 
Sandy Astro pitch at the front. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, not not the fantastic 3G that we use on no. a Wednesday now. Um, and yeah, just started doing some local uh, grassrootsy type stuff, mainly for Romeo. And we'd get a few, uh, you know, like a handful of local uh, goalkeepers send their, their keepers over as well. Um, but I spotted a um, advert on SXFA's, I think, social yep. media pages. And it was for Dagmar Redbridge yep. uh, Academy. They were looking for um, an academy goalkeeping coach to support their head of goalkeeping. And um, it, was a, it was a voluntary role. So I thought, oh, I said, um, you know, I was doing, obviously started to do my badges and I thought I need a little bit more experience. Like what, what better place to, to learn yeah. from than a football league club? So I applied, didn't, you know, didn't think anything of it. Um, and they invited me in for a, um, you know, like a trial, trial session, if you like, yeah. like a little bit of an interview. So I went along to goals yeah. in Dagenham, yeah, uh, Goresbrook. And uh, met up with mm-hmm. a guy called yeah. Mark Levy, who was head head of academy goalkeeping yeah. at Dagenham at the time. Um, had a very very brief 10, 15 minute chat with him, and he was like, "Right, let's go. Let's let's get outside and see see <laughs> what you got." Well, he was prepared for that, <laughs> I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, to be fair, you know, because yeah. they went to a syllabus, don't they? So. Um, he sort of had he, he sort of had the theme in mind and the session in mind, but he gave me half yeah. the group to take. Um, so yeah, that was a bit bizarre. Um, I thought I was just going to sort of turn up and sort of observe, <laughs> you know. Um, <laughs> and um, yeah, and then after the session, we went back into sort of the little clubhousey bit, and he said, you know, um, liked liked what he saw, had a good manner with the kids, knew my stuff. Um, you know, liked me, so yeah, he offered me he offered me the role as assistant nice. academy goalkeeper nice. coach. Um, but what was interesting at the same time is through a friend at, at work, so I was working up in the city full time. Um, through a friend at work, um, she was a oh, steward okay. over yep. at West Ham, uh, um, at the uh, West Ham training grounds. And I just said to her, look, I'm, you know, just started doing a bit of coaching and, uh, you know, I want to get a bit more experience, a bit more time, a bit more hours. And um, she said, oh, I'll speak to West Ham and see if you can come over and, um, you know, watch yeah. and just pick up some ideas. And like a couple of weeks passed and I thought, oh, you know, I didn't think anything of it. And she came into work one day and she went, oh, I've, I've done you a massive right. favour. Oh, yeah. And I was like, <laughs> Right. She was like, I've spoken to um, JJ yep. over at West Ham. And I was at the time, I didn't know who JJ was. And she went, oh, he's, you know, he's head of academy goalkeeping at West Ham. He said, you can come over on a on a Monday night at Chadwell Heath. And um, he said, you can watch watch uh, the, the couple of goalkeeping sessions. And I thought, Carl, like, what, you know, what an yeah. opp- opportunity that is. Um, so I was doing... Um, Dagenham on a on a Wednesday night, and I was doing going over to Chadwick on a Monday, and um, started basically filling pads full of session ideas, things that were said, uh, the way they do things, and um, I did that for like a year, yeah. and a, season and a half, 
And um, I was mainly watching yeah. Billy Lapine, who's now um, doing very well for himself at West Ham. But at the time, he was um, doing the development centres pre-academy yeah. and foundation phase. Um, and then after a while, because we, we used to have to um, do sessions with yeah. the trialists on a Monday night. And after a while, the, the numbers that were getting sent in was too many yeah. for Bill to do by himself. So JJ obviously used to pop over and watch some of the sessions. And obviously I'd still be sitting there months on end, you know, writing things down and, and observing. And he, him and Bill went to me at the end of one session, well, Dan's here every week. Why don't, why don't you give him half the yeah. boys to take? <laughs> so then I started yeah. having to design and, and do my own sessions and obviously feedback to Bill and JJ. And then, Cut a long story short, after doing that for sort of two seasons, um, Bill yeah. got promoted at the club, and they they were looking for a new yeah. goalkeeping coach to take over yeah. to take over Bill's role. Um, and yeah, they offered they offered me they offered uh, me fantastic opportunity. Um, yeah, yeah, but it just shows you if you put the time yeah. in, you put the yeah. hours in, you put the effort in. Because there was there was sometimes I'd be over there and it would be it'd be hammering the rain or the snow would be coming down yeah. and it'd be icy. Um, but the way the way I coach now is very much what I learned from those guys, yeah. those guys at West Ham, and I'm you know very yeah. much appreciative yeah. of I mean, that. It's, it's a goldmine of inform, information and uh, and such that you've had you was exposed to, and um, you know and I see your sessions. Yes. I mean, I, I, we've coached together or or assisted you. Yes. Um, you know, and I see your sessions and, and they're they're brilliant and you can tell they're well structured, well thought out, the progressions are, are good and, and and purposeful, you know. So um yeah, you yeah, you definitely um yeah, great opportunity there. Absolutely fantastic. Is that Thanks. all right? I'll, yeah, I'll pay, I'll pay you later. Details after. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, I'll settle you yeah, I'll settle you. Because I, I also understand that um when you got offered that you know the, the role for um, I don't know if it was full time, part time. I, 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 yeah, um, and yeah, you had yeah, the opportunity time. to coach uh, abroad, didn't you? Yes. So um, through my links at West Ham, um, I heard through Bill, I think it was, that they go over every summer and work on uh, camps in the states for West Ham's International Academy. So West Ham obviously got an academy over over in America. And um, I think Bill couldn't go one year. So I spoke to um, yeah, a guy yeah. called Paul Heffer, who um, is the academy director over in, over in America. And um, I said, oh, any, any chance, Paul, that I can, I can come over? So he, he put me in, in contact yeah. with a guy who's over in America. And, um, yeah, cut a long story short, um, I ended up going over to the States for two, three weeks in 2015 and worked on um, some West Ham camps oh, brilliant. over in the States. And that was, I mean, throughout the year, not this year, because obviously it's a little bit different because of COVID, but throughout the States, West Ham will send coaches over and they'll yeah. run what we call ID camps. So they'll go into local grassroots clubs and run camps for them. And then those coaches that work on the ID camps will yeah. identify the best talent to then get invited to what we call national camps. And that's what myself and the academy coaches yeah. go over and work on in the summer. 
Um, so yeah, and then through through my links uh, working for for the guys over in the states, I then got um, obviously speaking to other clubs that the the company over there work with, so Wolves and people like that. And when I when I left West Ham, and the only stuff I was doing for West Ham was the stuff in the states, the company over there um, said to me, "Well, seeing as you're here doing the West Ham stuff." Do you want to work mm-hmm. on the Wolves camp and all the other um, Category 1 pro clubs that they partner with over there? So I ended up working across probably oh, about fantastic. six or eight clubs. <laughs> and I've done that for the last five years. And it's, yeah, it, it, like yeah. going back to the networking point um, and getting your hours in and learning your craft, that that for me was invaluable. Um, and, and I can now say that I've got genuine yeah, links for sure. into, into Definitely. pro clubs. Definitely. So... How did so we we know now that obviously um, you know your coaching background and, and your background. So the actual yeah. DW Goalkeeping Academy um, that obviously you're you know head coach yes. and owner of now. Um, how did you come up with the idea or you know, what, what was the thoughts behind it? And um, did you ever think it would be as big as it is today? Um, no. So. It, like I said to you, initially, it was me just doing some local grassroots stuff uh, for Romeo Colts mainly. And then obviously some other local grassroots clubs that decided to send their keepers over to us. But it mainly, the light bulb moment for me was mainly uh, when we were dealing with the trialists at West Ham on a Monday. I'd have parents say to me, do you do anything away from the club? And I was like, yeah, you know, I do a little bit, you know, little bits here and there. And, and then those those boys and girls started coming over and doing um, yep. extra bits with me. And then, no disrespect, no disrespect to Romeo, but as you know, some clubs can be quite um, yeah. uh, protective yeah. of of their players. Um, and when I speak to a few people, they were a little bit apprehensive sending them over to the Romeo Colts goalkeeping school because yeah. it was under another yeah. club's name. So I decided in 2016 to rebrand it under my own name. And uh, initially it was just me um, and Craig Miles doing the Romeo Colts goalkeeping school. Um, and then it got to a stage where it was getting too big for me to do by myself. So Craig went off right. to university and then I put an advert out for a coach yep. to come over and give me a hand. Um, yeah, the eyes. John, Johnny, Johnny Hartnett. Yeah. Yeah, yeah team highs. Yeah, he he wanted a um, bit like myself. He wanted to get, you know, a few more session ideas and a little bit more experience and, so he started coming over and doing some bits and pieces. Um, and then, obviously, fast forward a year year or two later, we were then joined by yourself yep. and Paul Yates. And, um, yeah, and it just... Do you know what? The main reason I do it is... Yeah, sure. It was just to add value where I could and to give goalkeepers specific mm-hmm. training and coaching that they needed. And... Yeah, I mean, obviously, since then, since obviously words got out, um, we, we're doing good things and we try and do the right things. And we're obviously successful in what we do because we've had uh, a fair few boys and girls being yeah. picked up by pro clubs. But 
no no way because up until two years ago it was still part time it's still yeah. something that I do, I do as a hobby um, but no way did I imagine that it would get as, as big as it is I mean coaching over well between 150 and 200 kids a week with yeah. 10 members of part-time staff yeah, is, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's um, crazy. Yeah, it's, it's, it's good, isn't it? Um, you just brushed over it, not brushed over it, but you just brushed on it, touched on it just a minute ago about the, touched on it. You know, yeah. the diversity of, it's not just boys, it's girls as well. Um, and I wanted to ask you about your, you know, your yes. girls only sessions and, and um, the, the success that you're having with that at the moment. Yeah, so it was, it was a strange one actually. So I think it was two years ago now. I was out in Spain, oh, like you know, sunning myself yeah. on, the, oh, no. on the sun lounger. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and um, just like like I usually do, I just rack my brains about you know how can we improve stuff and how can we do things differently and how else can we add value and. Uh, you know, as you know, there's been a sort of boom of, of individual goalkeeping coaches and private coaching companies yeah. and goalkeeping schools that have that have popped up over the last year and, and or, or two years. And um, I just sort of, what else? What else can what else can we yeah. offer? What can we do which is slightly different to what others do out there? And we already had a fair few yeah. uh, girls attend our sessions. And I thought, I wonder, I wonder how. And do you know what it was? It was in. It was. It was the right. same time yes. when the women's World Cup was on. So there was obviously a massive bit around, um, you know, th- that year's women's World Cup was going to be the biggest and the best ever, and how um, how fast growing that area of the game is. And I, I again, it was another light bulb moment where I thought, well, why don't why don't we offer girls only specific goalkeeping sessions? Because there, there wasn't anyone no. doing that at the time. I know there's yeah. been others that have popped up and done it since, but at, at that time, there was no one doing girls only specific goalkeeping. Um, and I'm including like, you know, other, other girl only um, yeah. coaching companies out there as well. Um and yeah, I just sort of, do you know what? I'll advertise it. I'll try it and see see what happens. If we don't get the interest, then we don't get the interest. But it was almost like there was yeah. a, a need for it and a demand for it. Um, and yeah, since then, well, since we've now moved over to to Billericay Town on a, on a Tuesday night, one of the many nights that we yeah. do over that fantastic fantastic facility. Because um, we, we had to move from yeah. uh, the Eversley Leisure Centre because we needed more space. Because it was that it was it was that it was growing that quickly, so uh, luckily um, through some contacts I've got at Billericay, they were able to accommodate accommodate us, and we now get um, I think the, the most we've had is between twenty five yeah. and thirty girls on a Tuesday night, which is I mean yeah. that, that's that's more than what some teams get. So yeah, really 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 pleased with yeah. the way that the girls side of the academy is going. Um, and it, it's about time that they had. Um, yeah, you know, I was going to ask you that. For them. Um, do you think because you offer that them training sessions specifically for the ladies that you've got so many of them coming over now because they don't maybe feel so intimidated by the the, you know, the boys, the men, maybe um, different atmosphere. 
Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, I'd agree with that. Because um, through for, throughout the years, when we when we'd have girls come over, some would be all up for you know get involved with yeah. the boys, and you know would have no problem with it. But yeah. then what you got to appreciate is everyone's different. Um, so we, on the other hand of that, we'd have some girls that would come over and they'd maybe be a little bit shy or be a little bit intimidated, um, being it a mixed group. So, yeah, I just wanted to offer something for those girls that, you know, maybe are more comfortable training with other girls. Um, but, yeah, I think definitely because it is a girls-only session, I think there is a lot of um, appetite and interest around that um, because they're training with... Yeah, um, of course. And I think the exposure uh, that the ladies' game at the moment's getting um, is massive. And also you're finding there's a lot of, um, yeah. you know, ex women players uh, and also players that are still playing the game um, on games uh, programmes such as Match of the Day, Sky Sports, you know. Um, so it's getting yeah, more yeah, exposure BBC. and yeah, yeah, um, yeah. maybe more credibility, maybe. Okay, cool. Yes. Yeah, All right, I'd so um, if you're going to sell me, so if my lad wanted to come to your academy, um, what sets your DW Goalkeeping Academy apart from? the others that are out there, other than, of course, the excellent coaching staff that you employ. <laughs> yeah, that's one of the, <laughs> uh, one of the reasons. Um, I think, I think we touched, we touched on it a second ago. Um, I, I feel like we're quite honest. Uh, we're quite upfront with people. Um, we try and do the right thing. We try and add value where we can. Um you know, I see a lot of things on social media now where there's certain companies or coaches that are, that are promising the world, you know, and it's all sort of um, yeah. all, all glitter and lights. And uh, I mean, you know, we are lucky where we've got, um, you know, good links into, into professional clubs. So any, any, any boy or girl that does excel, we can obviously push them in the right direction. Um, I think, the sessions are good. Uh, they're match re they're match relevant. Um, they're specific to the individual. The coaching points are relevant. The progressions are good. You know, it's not just plenty of um, loud, yeah. uh, nothingy noise. Um, the coaching staff. I mean, we're we're lucky to obviously have yourself um, and other coaches that are associated with either the pro game or non-league game, um, others that have been involved with mm -hmm. not just goalkeeper coaching, but outfield coaching. Um, and, and I'm not just talking about recently, yeah. they've done it over numerous years. Um, so, yeah, I think just to summarise it, we try and do the right thing. We don't sell people a dream. Um, the sessions yeah. are of high quality and good standard. Um, and yeah, we're, we're blessed to have um, good, 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 good. good experience. Um, okay, so we've got a, a, a question from um, Coach Paul uh, for you. Don't worry, brace yourself. Oh, no, I'm joking, it's fine. <laughs> um, so he's just asking, did you ever think that you would give up your day job to coach full time? Mm. Good question. Um, do you know what it was? I was struggling. Mm -hmm. So I had quite a good job up in the city and I, where the academy was getting bigger. So by this time, we'd obviously, we already had the Wednesday night 
uh, at Robert Clack, which is you know the biggest venue that we that we run throughout the week. But we started doing a Monday, we started doing a Saturday, so straight away, yeah. you know, the sessions had, had tripled, and I was struggling to um, mm-hmm. basically struggling to do both. To, to be quite honest, um, yeah, and it was getting to the stage where something something had to give, um, and you know, you, you know, like with anything, there's always that doubt in your mind: is it enough? Have I got enough to make it? full time mm-hmm. uh, or, or what if it doesn't work um, and you know I'm, I'm walking away from a you know a very good job a stable job right. um, no. but one that I'd like to add I didn't enjoy <laughs> um, and I sort of thought I wonder if I could apply for yeah. a sort of career yeah. break if you like a sabbatical and um, I just thought well, look if I apply for a six month career break I can literally just throw everything I've got at this academy um, get like work lined up and clubs lined up and colleges lined up and schools lined up and uh, maybe expand the, the group sessions and the private sessions and the camps that we're offering and um, yeah I applied for the, the career break got, it got approved and I literally yeah. done it was yeah it was a, it was a full-time job and um Looking back, if I hadn't made that jump, I probably yeah. would have kept sort of talking myself out of it. Um, but yeah, little did I know that because that, that was two years ago now, little did I know that it would be as big as it is now. And and you know what? No. I don't miss I don't miss working up in the city. Um uh and I, I truly believe that I've found no, no, what no, I'm good at. You enjoy it so much, how can it be how can it be work? You know, Eric, it's not hard work, is it? You know, it's what you enjoy. It's... And I wish, I wish, going back to Paul's question, I wish I'd have had the confidence and yeah. belief to Wonderful maybe do it earlier. Um, yeah, I, yeah. I, I get that. I mean, yeah. the thing is, like you said, you know, you're walking away or taking a break from a, from a good you know, paid jobs. We've all got bills to pay, and and this, that, and the other, and and that's probably you know the, the first thing that's on your mind is, yes. you know, am I going to be able to manage this? And um, but you know, sometimes you just have to take that that leap of faith and and um, and go for it, you know, because otherwise, like you would try it. If you hadn't, you'd be thinking, yeah. what if, what if, what if, what if, you know? And um, yeah, yes. And and you know and you know what I don't mm-hmm. think it would be as big as it is now yeah. to be to be. No, I totally honest. agree with that. Okay, um, Marky Morris, coach Mark, um's question: In the event that he was offered a full time position at an established club, so whether that would be pro, maybe non league, I don't know. Um, would, what would the plan, the potential yeah. future be for DW Goalkeeping Academy? You know what would what would you think you would do with the academy uh, if if you was offered a you know a, a chance in a lifetime to coach a, a prim club maybe. Hmm. So good question. Um, to be fair, it would depend on what mm-hmm. the club and what the role was. But if it was one that I could like, definitely not turn down. Then um, we touched on it a second ago. You know, I'm very fortunate 
to have um, guys like yourself around that help me deliver the sessions throughout the week. Um, obviously, we've got coaches that go into partner clubs um, yeah. and deliver sessions by himself. So I'm not at every session during the week. Um, I'd probably have a, a Zoom call with you guys, really, just to see what we could yeah. sort of manage amongst ourselves, amongst the 10 of us, um, and just see what, you know, just to see mm-hmm. how we can make it work without the standards dropping. Um, so, yeah, probably depend on what the role was. Um, probably have a call with you guys to work out what we could manage, what we could work between the, the two timetables. Um, yeah. And, yeah, probably come back to what we just said. Try it. Try it and see 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 how it went. But for me, DW Goalkeeping Academy is my is my baby, so I'd, yeah. I'd find it very hard to uh, yeah. No, it's too important to do that to to give it up. And you've you know you worked hard to build it up to where it is. So yes, um, yeah, totally understand that. Okay, so where do you see the academy in five, even ten years' time? I know that's probably a hard question, seeing as the times we're living in at the moment with. Um, been put on hold. Um, yeah, that, that, yes. that thing. So, um, COVID. Yeah, so yeah. that aside, you know, when you're looking at you know your five year, ten year plan, maybe if you have one, um, more expansion. Do you think world domination? What, what's your what's your thought? <laughs> world. <laughs> um. Yeah, I think short term continuing what we're doing so delivering um good sessions quality detail in the sessions uh match relevant um sessions um keep adding value in different ways by continuing to do the live instagram q a's with the network we've got pro clubs uh continuing to do podcasts like this uh providing gloves providing kit um, obviously, I don't yeah, want to give yeah, too much away because, as you know, there's always stuff in the pipeline. Um, but long term, I'd love for us to yeah. um, double the amount of kids that we're coaching, double double the staff. Um, but yeah. yeah, mainly for me, it's just not losing sight of what we're good at, um, and that's that's delivering what well, the. The bottom line is delivering top quality sessions, um, and and to hopefully. Not 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 just the grassroots goalkeepers helping them be the best that they can be, but also continue to offer pathways to the to the the goalkeepers that excel to potentially be the next the next yeah, goalkeeper sure, to come out of that, our that, that academy to be signed by a um, pro club. And that's all we strive to do as coaches is to you know get the best out of the the, the, the keepers and and try and progress them on to to higher and better things. Really, definitely. Okay, so we've got some. Yes sort of questions that come in. I know we've had a couple from Paul and, and Mark. So we've got a couple from the other um, coaches, some of the other coaches anyway. A um, bit more of sort of relaxed, I suppose, answers for you. So uh, this one's from Vinny, Vinny Nichols, um, Peter Pan of DW. Yeah. Um, so when you're coaching... Yeah, Benjamin Barton. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we can get often, often get the specific physical points across... That's sometimes not an issue, but it's how do you get the mental aspects across? You know, i.e., if you're te- if you're doing a blocking smothering session, um, they're not too 
you know, confident at diving at feet or, or yeah. that sort of thing. How would how would you sort of coach that? Um, yeah. Approach that sort of situation. So, so for me, um, you mentioned my sessions earlier. Yeah, I try to make them like small sided games, if you like. Um, so whether it's a four four goal game or uh, you know they're doing like little rondos or little keep balls or whatever it might be, um, yeah. I try to throw little challenges in. Right. Now that that challenge might be for the group as a whole, or that challenge might be for the individual. So if you've got mm-hmm. someone that's finding the session too early, uh, too easy and they need to be stretched, um, giving them a bit more of a, a bit more of a challenge to work on individually. Um, so I think that's one way is you can incorporate yeah. in your sessions by um, challenges. Um, another thing I like to do is uh, bring the technique or the session to life. So whether you know there was a game on the night before on a, on a Monday night and you're coaching on a Tuesday night, was there something that happened in that game that you can yeah. relate it to? So you bring it to life for the for the goalkeeper. So it makes them think. Um, and yeah, I think in, in another thing as well, which we do at sort of college level, and obviously you'll know John from from non league, is um, video yeah. analysis. I think he's, he's yeah. um, massive, massive in the game now. Um, it's such a vital yeah. tool to managers or coaching staff, but also the players. So if you have got the ability to um, record sessions. Um, then that yeah. for me is a vital learning tool for the goalkeeper where they can look back um, and that really gets gets yeah. them thinking I've, about I've why they're doing, doing that, sessions um, and why they're making decisions. Um, during sort of pre-season, if you like, last year um, with Davey Hughes and Scams. Um, yes. You know, I've got a yeah. tablet and a tripod and I've started just recording, the, uh, you know, our sort of conditioning sessions and, 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 and yeah. such. And uh, yeah, it's interesting when you watch them back you obviously you can't absorb everything at that one moment and like so yeah and you can yeah it's a, it's a massive tool uh, no, to, you're to, in the so session use, yeah yeah um, and take advantage of it if you can you know if you've got obviously if you're able to get that sort of equipment together yeah totally agree with that totally yeah but that 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 would be our summarize it challenges in sessions um bring it to life so you know, all all kids watch. Well, I say all kids, but there's there's so much out there online now, whether it's social media or YouTube or the amount of games that are on TV now. Bring the sessions to life, so it makes them think about it that way. But also, if you can, try and record sessions, depending on what level you're coaching at, because um, then that also gives the goalkeepers another tool to, where they can look back and think yeah, sure. about the sessions yeah, sure. that they're doing and the decisions okay, they're making. Um... We've got uh, one from Ben. Um, question for Ben, Mr. FA. Um, oh God. So he's asked <laughs> if you could pick any yeah. club to any club team to be lead goalie coach. So like first resis, youth academy, etc. Who would you like as your number two in command, and why? Yeah. <laughs> would he really? <laughs> He would Surely like me not. to say him. <laughs> um, yeah, I think we've spoken about this before. 
I would yep. like someone with me that has been there and done it. Yeah. So I can tap into their experience. Um, so yeah, a couple yeah, of names legend. that spring to mind. One would be, obviously, we've touched on earlier, Simon Smith. So he's had numerous roles at, obviously, uh, FA level. Obviously, oh, he's been around oh, the pro God. game as well. Yeah. Um, Eric Steele would be another. And he's coached um, the best as well, wasn't he? Former Manchester, former Man United goalkeeping coach. Yeah, Michael Van der Sar, De Gea, uh, they're, they're the three. It's just off the top of my head. So, yeah, someone someone like that probably. Someone that I could just sort of... Someone that's been there and done it, wise head on them. Um, okay, yeah. Cool. They're, they're, they're All right, so we've got the, a few more left questions left. People. And then, obviously, because I'm um, conscious of time. Um, so, we've got another one from Paul, Coach Paul Yates. Um, yeah. So, you've been coaching for, obviously, we, we, you know, we, we spoke about your coaching uh, history. Um, but, um, so, have you ever had an, uh, you know, oh no moment where you've realised you've, you're not coaching a technique quite, quite the right way or you haven't set up a session quite right? Uh, I think maybe we all had one of those, but um, any, any stick into your, into your mind at all? Yeah, so like you just said, um, I don't think you're a coach unless you have. Um, I mean, that's how we learn. We all make mistakes. Um, For me, one that sticks in my mind, I did my level two outfield uh, back in 2014. And, um, you know, they give you like a practice topic before your final topic. So I did did the session. It was like a small-sided game type thing. And it was only like 20 minutes and, um, you know, it's really good and the players were enjoying it. And I was very, um, you know, uh, very vocal in terms of the um, instructions I was giving out and uh, lots of praise as well. And but when I sort of took a step back, like the tutor had said, oh, right, thanks, Dan, that's, that's your time up. I, I hadn't actually got in and coached. <laughs> and and uh, he come up to me, the tutor, and he, and yeah. he went, how did you think that went? Yeah. And I said, oh, it was F-N-H-S-H-I-T. And he went, well, yeah. why was it that? And I yeah. said, well, I said, the players enjoyed it. Because you know you make friends on courses, didn't you? And they said they enjoyed it, and so um, and I said like you know I'd organised it well, like the setup was there, and I knew what my coaching points were going to be, and I knew what I was looking out for. But I don't actually remember getting in and coaching. <laughs> and he went, yeah, he said, I think you just got a bit caught up in the session, like you know trying to get everything perfect, and he said, like, I can tell. You know, you you knew what you're talking about, and you're an yeah. organised guy. Because I was one of these that would print off my session plan and laminate it using mm-hmm. the the FA um, session uh, planner. And he said, "Yeah," he said, "I think you just got too sort of caught up on everything being perfect." So he said, "Just, yeah. just next time, just take a step back and don't be too involved with the session." Um, and that, in all fairness, that was good advice because then when I went away and worked with a team, that stuck with me. 
And then mm. when I came back to do my final assessment, I was I was fortunate yeah. enough to pass. So um, yeah, so that was my oh oopsie moment. I did a mock, did a mock it, assessment it's a, for my level two outfield. It's a really high pressure didn't situation. Didn't actually get in and coach. Um, you know, all the coaches that have obviously done their badges. Um, you know, especially the goalkeeping coaches, they do twice as many as the outfield. But um, uh, and it, it's it's very high pressure. You're you're coaching your peers. Yes. Um, you're on a time limit. You're told what you got to coach. Yeah. Set it up yourself. It's it's a massive yeah. thing. And um, yeah, I, I I know exactly how you feel. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, I, I I you know, I've, we spoke about this before, but you know, I didn't actually pass my goalkeeping first time because um, I was just I was just like I was just so wrapped up in the moment. Um, and I thought, well, yeah. I'm playing goal. Should, no, I know this, you know. And I didn't but maybe take it too serious. Yeah, yeah. Um, but um, then the second time round, I, I made sure that I was bang on it. And, yeah, um, yeah. Which didn't make it any easier because Tony Parks passed me out. The uh, name drop in there. Yeah. Sorry, but um, <laughs> yeah. But I don't know what a lovely man. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Great yeah. coach. Well. Former Spurs so, um, coach. But yeah, no, yeah. I, I understand what you're saying. It's 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 a massive yeah. massive thing. Okay, uh, last two questions. Right, these are like fun ones, really, and one of them is the one that we normally ask or you ask yes. people um, on the Insta lives. But the first one is right. So you're on a desert island. Okay, bit of fun. What two items would you like to have with you? And you, it can't be friend, family, or anybody like that. It has to be items. This makes you a little bit less pressurised. Well done. <laughs> yeah, I don't mind that. <laughs> Yeah. Do you know? Do you know? This is this is really bad, and this is a sign of right. the times. I I can't be without my mobile phone, and that that's really bad thing to say in it. And it's it, it's a it's a sign of the times. But if I had my phone and charger, <laughs> I could still keep DW running <laughs> from a remote island. Yeah. But yeah. I could I could keep in contact with people. Do you know what I mean? Like by phone call or text or whatever. So I've still got yeah. that, you know, that release of speaking to people yeah. and that conversation aspect. I've obviously got my music on my phone as well. Uh, so, yeah, I know it's, it's a poor thing to say, but and it's a bad sign of the times, but I, can, I cannot be without my, my iPhone <laughs> a and, and a charger maybe. Oh, OK, you have a solar charger. Good thinking back, man. I'd have um, a solar phone. Yeah, I'd have a solar phone. No, I, I understand what you're saying, because <laughs> obviously, you know, you, uh, you rely on your phone for your business. So, um, you know, I, I understand the answer. OK. Um, yes. Last one. Uh, you probably know what, what this is about. So, yeah. Um, so you might upset a few people here. But who would you share God, a yeah. room with and why? Now... I, I can say that we've already done this when we went to that goalkeeping conference St George's Park, what, two, three years ago now? Yeah, we so have. Yeah, St George's you know, Park, yeah. We've, we've shared that experience, so obviously. Yeah, yeah. It weren't too bad. weren't too bad. It was a pleasure. <laughs> that, was, that was all right, wasn't it? You, you, that you weren't didn't too bad. snore, and that's the thing. Yeah, had, had, a, few, had a few beers so, as well, didn't we? back to the question. Who, who Marvellous. would you... <laughs> <laughs> so yeah this question always causes debate when we do the instagram live <laughs> q a sessions now because it's my name above oh, the door where's that fence, Is that fence <laughs> i have to be wobbling a little bit say, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
yeah, it's wobbling. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'd have to say, I'd have to yeah. take out a big yeah, room that, that's so fair we could get all, t- all 10 of us in it with bunk beds. <laughs> no, I couldn't, I couldn't possibly, I couldn't possibly single out one mm. person. And I think, like you say, we've obviously been to St George's Park yeah. uh, and did and did the goalkeeping conference there, England's training facility, which was which was great. I've I've been every every single year since they've cool. done it. Um, we take, we take, we take I'd love it for over. all of us to go one year. I think it'd be a good. It'd be a crack. Yeah, it'd be a cracking. <laughs> it'd be a cracking weekend, wouldn't it? Um, but. Yeah, to be to be unbiased, I'd have to I'd have to take yeah, a room that's that's big enough that um, can fit us all in. All ten of us. Out. I mean, look, you've got a good mixture of, of coaches. In my opinion, I think um, all different, no. all different styles, all different personalities. We all bring something different to, yes. um, you know, your your academy. And um, I think, yeah, the ten of us in a room together would be absolutely off the scale. <laughs> <laughs> Well, just 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 to echo what you said, um, the academy wouldn't be wouldn't be what it is without without you guys. And, and you touched on it there, where I like having different people involved. You know, people that have um, been at different levels of the game, people that still play, uh, and I think it really does benefit the goalkeepers that come to us, being able to learn from different. Different coaches, yeah. different experiences, different philosophies, and different ways that they coach. Um, so yeah, the, the academy wouldn't be what it is. It wouldn't be able to run the way it runs without you guys. Uh, so I mean, uh, much uh, love for me and the other coaches. It's a pleasure, Dan. You know, um, we otherwise we wouldn't we wouldn't be doing it, would we? We wouldn't be working for you if we did. We did enjoy working for you. So um, that's just testament to yourself and um, you know no. and, and your academy. Um, nah, so we've unfortunately nearly hit the hour now, so um, so we better sort of sign off, I suppose. Um, and um, yes, hopefully, you know, people that listen into this podcast have enjoyed the first, um, and I hope of many podcasts to come. Um, and I'll pass over to you again, Dan, to um, for your closing words to everybody, yeah. Yeah, so I just wanted to obviously pleasure, thank you, know you first, John, for I'll giving do, up I'll your time to host. Much appreciated. I would do it full time. I might even jump in there. <laughs> yeah, you'd, you'd do it full time if you I'll could, wouldn't you? DW's media man. How about that? Yeah, that's an idea, isn't it? You could be the full time <laughs> podcaster. <laughs> um, yeah, and I just wanted to say a big thank you to those listening that have given up their time to. Um, hear what we had to say on our first ever DW Goalkeeping Academy podcast. Um, just wanted to take this time to remind you guys to check us out on iTunes and uh, the other platforms that we've got. Um, no this problem, Dan. Take on. care, buddy. Um, and yeah, See you thanks later. very much, bye John. Bye. I will bye catch bye. up with you soon. Bye.